everybody. Happy 2021. And here we are today at the First Lady of Nutrition podcast with Anne Louise Gittleman, First Lady of Nutrition. And I'm delighted today to have Bridget Danner as my guest. She is a functional health coach, very, very attuned to the top detox techniques. And she's going to share with you some of her favorite do-it-yourself detox for the new year for 2021. Happy New Year, Bridget Danner. Thank you so much. I always love a new year. You know, it's just like a fresh slate. Fresh slate, new year, new you. Now, what are you doing? I want to know your five top do-it-yourself detox techniques. Yeah. So I work, uh, I, you know, I experienced mold. I went to, I work with some clients with mold or some kind of chronic, you know, fatigue and brain fog. And some of my favorite things, you asked top five, that's a great question. Uh, one thing I love to do is sauna. If, if I have a mold chronic client, it's definitely going to be in their protocol. Uh, sauna has so many benefits from, you know, a better night's sleep and putting you in the parasympathetic mode to uh, repairing damaged cells or, or killing off cells that you know, needed to be. Um, and then it detoxes you really well. Detox juice, go ahead. So, what, so, so, so sauna, there are different kinds of saunas. There's far infrared and infrared. What is the difference? Yeah, so a, a kind of a rule of thumb to think is the, the, the far is the deepest. So that's usually the best one for detox. And then mid, there's a mid-range infrared, and that's maybe a little bit more for muscle pain, weight loss. If you think about it, it doesn't go quite as deep into the tissues. And then there's near infrared, which is best for like skincare and uh, wrinkling and stuff like that. So that's like the most superficial layer. Sometimes it can be good for injuries. So I happen to own one that's only far, but there are some saunas that have, you know, all the spectrums and you can even choose different settings on some of them if you're working, working more on weight loss or detox or what have you. So what I've heard about sauna is that I have been an affiliate for one of the sauna companies for many years, but my concern is that they have high electromagnetic fields. What do you feel about that and how do you measure that? Yeah, that seems to be the biggest concern people have lately. Um, I don't happen to own one of the home measuring devices, but you can purchase those. I mostly say, you know, work with a reputable excuse me, reputable company that does um, some testing and documentation. Um, but to be completely honest, like I also say to my clients, like if you, you know, say you're going through a toxic mold, you know, you've maybe lost your home or, you know, there's a lot of transition. You probably don't have a lot of spare money. I also say just, you know, go to the gym and use what they have or buy a sauna blanket or, a, you know, a cheap sauna, so to speak. Uh, especially if you don't have a known EMF sensitivity. Uh, some people are really, really sensitive, but I really think it's so valuable and, and I don't want people to not do it because they can't find like, or can't you know, afford the most top dollar sauna. Well, you're, you're talking a lot about mold, but I know that the sauna is much more helpful for a wider range of, uh, of issues. I've had clients that have had major mercury poisoning that are using it to detox as well as virus. So how do you feel about this with relationship to what's going on currently? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great prevention during cold and flu season when it raises your body temperature like that. It's similar to what your body creates when you have a fever, right? It's um, kind of killing, creating a, a temperature where it's easier to kill off pathogens. Uh, and yeah, it's great for heavy metals. The sauna company I use, that's kind of how they started. Um, you can measure some of that with, with urine samples. Um, you know, that's kind of how they know it's working. So you, you, you sweat through your, you sweat, sweat it out, you pee it out, and it's also, you're pooping some of it out too. So there's a lot of different detox happening beyond just the sweat. Uh, yeah, and it, it's quite good. I especially use mine um, consistently in the winter. If you feel like you catch things a lot in the winter, it's great to be using the sauna. So you talked about peeing things out, sweating things out. I want to move on to another detox method that you told me was one of your favorites. So let's talk about pooping things out. Tell me what, everything you know about coffee enemas. Yeah, I started to do coffee enemas probably four or five years ago now, probably like most people, you know, was reluctant to try it. But at the time I was sick enough and I was re reading a book that kind of explained how to do it and the benefits. So I thought, well, let me just try it. <clears throat> um, so I can, I can share, you know, the steps if, if you like. Oh, um, no, we went step by step up close and personal. <laughs> <laughs> I've written about this on many, many occasions, but there's nothing like a coffee enema. Number one, why coffee? So coffee has a compound that uh, when it's sort of interacting with the blood supply in your liver, which is kind of the point of putting it up your butt, so to speak, is, is it just can access um, the, the bloodstream to the liver easier. Um, it has a compound that helps you make glutathione, that master antioxidant of the body that's so important for detox, especially when you've been overwhelmed by toxins. I mean, we're all exposed to toxins. So my theory is definitely just be supporting detox all the time. Um, but if you really, you know, say you really got exposed to something or what have you, your glutathione will be depleted and low. So while you do a coffee enema, you're making more glutathione and as blood pumps through your liver, and I think the whole a whole blood supply in your body passes through in like a few minutes. So it's getting repeated passes um, with kind of fresh glutathione, so to speak. So you're getting like a blood cleansing. Um, and people always ask, well, can you just drink coffee? Or, you know, it's, it's just not quite the same because of the way the compounds are interacting right there with the liver. So you do, you do feel a boost of energy from it. Um, is it a caffeine boost or an actual detox boost? It might be like a little bit of a mix, um, but it certainly doesn't get you as wiry as, you know, drinking a cup of coffee. Um, and, and it just feels really good and energizing to me. So I got pretty hooked on it, even though now I'm, you know, out of my toxic situation. Um, I still try to do them. I do them generally on the weekends. They, they are a little time consuming, you know, like maybe 45 minutes to do um, and do them in the morning on an empty stomach. Um, great to do them while you're drinking some electrolytes or you have lemon water or a green drink because it can be a little dehydrating. Um, so you do realize that the coffee enemas 
really came into prominence because they're a major aspect of the alternative cancer programs, one of which, which was pioneered by uh, Nick Gonzalez, who worked with William Donald Kelly. So it's an anti-cancer technique. And he, he, I believe that he used to tell his patients, Bridget, to do one every day if they had a devastating diagnosis. That would be a lot for the normal person, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's just because it's time consuming, but I do have some clients who do it every day because it, it is like, it becomes like a ritual you look forward to because you feel good from it. Um, but I don't generally recommend to do it every day because um, you want your body to also kind of be able to move bowels on its own and, and that kind of a thing. It, it can potentially be a little irritating to do every day too, um, perhaps. It also really pumps your gallbladder. I didn't mention that. And I know, I know you're a lover of the gallbladder. So that's another way it helps us detox. Yeah, but, but, but I'm thinking that it's had a really long, illustrious, legendary history. And it was something I think that was really big. And there was another cancer doctor, it was Samuel Gerson, that yes. also promoted the coffee animus. That's when I first became aware of it, started doing it back in the 70s when nobody was doing coffee up there. You know what? <laughs> and I remembered my first episode of doing the coffee enema and I eliminated what looked like a cuticle, which turned out to be, I think it was a, a scare. So it was a roundworm. So it was very good oh, to wow. get rid of worms. Yeah, I, I mean, seeing is believing. You can't believe what will come out of you. So coffee enemas, does it, I like Purity Coffee. Do you have a favorite brand you use? Um, you know, I tell people, as long as you're doing an organic light roast coffee, you know, you can buy that locally. Um, you know, you can certainly buy Purity. There's a few other brands. Um, there's some even brands that say they're particular to coffee enema, but all you really need is a clean light roast coffee. The light roast is important because it has more of those compounds still active um, to do the coffee enema. Now, for those that are not as brave or courageous in terms of putting coffee in that particular methodology and utilizing it in such a way, what would be another detox method, number three, that you would recommend for people in 2021? Yeah, so one that's really easy is dry brushing. And that's a very old technique as well. So it's using a hard bristle brush. It's usually like boar hair. Uh, you can usually find them at you know, your local uh, natural grocery store. And you just simply um, brush towards your heart uh, on all your body, like uh, up your arms, up your legs. Um, if you know, you're kind of doing a quick job, I'll just kind of do the larger areas, but you can also do, you know, palms of the hand, you know, behind the ears, neck, and it gets blood moving and it gets lymph moving. So lymph is kind of like the garbage track of the body. And when, especially when you have a toxic load, it can kind of stagnate. And that when we, you know, we're in this time of COVID, there can also be poor signaling in communication when that lymph is stagnant, you're also going to potentially look puffy, feel heavier. Um, so if you're in a, you know, a toxin overload situation, or you're just looking to sort of maintain and support that daily detox, dry brushing just takes a couple minutes. Uh, it's really accessible. And I think it's, it's really, you know, quite powerful. It also gives you a little energy in the morning. So I like it quite a bit. So you do this before a bath or a shower, I assume? 
Uh, you don't have to, no. You know, you're, you, I guess maybe you're potentially flaking up a little dead skin, but that's all. So I'm personally a nighttime bath taker, but I just drive, I drive a brush in the morning and then I, I get dressed. But if you do take a shower in the morning, do it before your shower. So does it matter what kind of brush? It has to be a natural bristle, would you say? Yeah, I think it has to be a natural bristle. I haven't seen any that aren't. Can you, can you do your face? You can. So we sell a set that has a little mini brush and a little, that's a little softer and it's just about maybe an inch across and you can do your face and that's great for, you know, your skin. Cause it's also getting just circulation to your skin. So it can be good for cellulite on your thighs or what have you, but yeah, you can do your face. You can do behind your ears. If you really take your time and do your whole body, you're going to feel really good and woken up. <laughs> So in, in addition to the dry brushing, which I'm in great favor of, I've written about it in Fat Flush for Life many years ago. And, and, and I also collect different brushes to dry brush with. I have currently one that just fits on the palm of your hand. So it's a little easier to utilize. Do you think there are certain essential oils that are also helpful for do-it-yourself detox? Yeah, so I mentioned the cellulite and you can actually put a little grapefruit oil on areas of cellulite before you dry brush it. Um, I, you know, essential oils for detox, excuse me, juniper berry is one that is help, it's helpful and opens the detox pathways. Um, let's see, what other ones do I like? The citrus oils kind of move lymph too. So um, you can you like- I like, I like cypress and germanium. Oh, okay. Cypress is the best one I've ever found for cellulite. Oh, really? The best, yes, take it from cool. one. The one who's used it for time and time again, in love with it, and to totally in love with it. You're right about the grapefruit, sometimes the bitter orange, the sweet orange. Tan I love those woody ones, like that cypress sounds lovely. I love that kind of pine smell. So if you were to use it for cellulite, would you put it in the bath or just use it on the brush? Mm, I just dab a little right on the skin, but I was going to talk about Epsom salt baths as another technique. And you can put some oils in your water. Some oils will be like some of the warming oils will feel too much in your bath water. Like don't be putting cinnamon oil in your bath. Um, but you can put some oils in your bath water to use. I haven't personally done like a cypress or grapefruit. I usually do more of the you know, relaxing oils in the bath. Probably my favorite is Ylang Ylang in the bath. I just, it's so rejuvenating and I just come out of the bath feeling so balanced after using that one. So you talk about uh, using Epsom salts. So how much do you use? Do you use the Dr. Teal's brand? I love two cups of the Epsom salts. And is this a good detox for even people that have a genetic variant like the CBS issues? Hmm. So mostly what Epsom salts do technically is supply sulfur and magnesium, which the liver likes. So I, I don't know. I would just say those are nutrients the liver likes. I don't know if there'd be any um, harm in a genetic variant. Um, There's some people that can't utilize sulfur. I'm just oh, wondering if, okay. so that's why I don't think everybody gets the kind of results that they may be expecting. Oh, okay. Oh, at least you'd be getting magnesium, but that's a good question. I guess 
uh, yeah, if you, if you can't utilize sulfur, you're not going to get that particular benefit. But you talk about a very important mineral, which is my favorite mineral. So I've been writing lately about the, the loading dose of magnesium, which is about five milligrams per pound of body weight. So there are particular types of magnesium that you like. I like my mag key personally because I formulated it and I know that it's got four different types of delivery systems. I like the orotate, the taurinate, the threonate, and the, uh, the gluconate, quite frankly, and the glycinate as well. Yeah, I've been learning more about the different magnesiums lately. Um, I, the one that we happen to sell is the biglycinate chelate, and I think it gets in really well. And, you know, a, a lot of folks have trouble relaxing and sleeping, and that can be a benefit to that one. I've also been experimenting with the uh, magnesium malate lately that's attached to malic acid, so it's good for cellular energy. Um, that's going to go in our electrolyte that we're developing. Um, but I was talking to a, a colleague uh, named David Jackers. I don't know if you know him, but you know, it, they all have a little different delivery, which is great. But as long as you're getting something that absorbs well, I think that's the most important part when it comes to magnesium. So back to the baths, how much do you use? I use about two cups of the extra. Yeah, I use two cups as well. You know, I've had people write in and say, well, I can't get in and out of a tub or I don't have a tub. You can also just wet some Epsom salt and use it as a scrub on your body. And that feels really nice, actually. You know what I like? You know, there is a... Um, a food grade Epsom salts that you can take if you're doing a liver cleanse, an advanced liver cleanse. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, I haven't used that. Well, it's in combination, you know, the old fashioned apple juice that they used to use to soften up the gallstones or the liver stones. They're now using Epsom salts and um, olive oil. I'm going to actually do a little experimentation this year with the use of that rather than the apple juice. I shall let you know if it works. Okay. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Interesting. God willing, it'll taste as good as it sounds. <laughs> so with all of these wonderful detox techniques, most of them are those that you can use in an outside manner that are external. What about internally? What are the best detox foods that you like? Yeah. So one recipe I share that I kind of developed while I was detoxing myself is it's just like a light, easy green drink. So it's not a smoothie. It's more of a, I guess you could say a juice, but it's certainly not a sweet juice. So I'll squeeze like one lime and have like a big handful of cilantro and then a big handful of some other greens like broccoli sprouts or spinach, or I just kind of rotate. And then maybe I put in, I put in a little bit of honey, like a teaspoon. And I just blend that with like, 12, 16 ounces of water and then strain it. And it's alkalizing, it's hydrating. It's just really nice and, and light. And um, it, you know, if you're kind of fasting or partially fasting in the morning or doing a coffee and any enema in the morning, it, great, it makes like a great little fresh and quick morning drink. So uh, that's one thing I do. You know, the liver loves nutrients. It needs a lot of nutrients to do its job. So that's maybe one kind of fun part about detox is um, just coming up with, you know, better, richer recipes to get you nutrient-dense food into your diet, um, whether it's from nuts or greens or what have you that, that the liver likes. 
So that's one little recipe we share on our site. Um, what other any what other questions do you have around food, particularly? Well, I wrote a book. I've actually written thirty-seven books. The latest one is Radical Metabolism. There's one coming out called Radical Longevity, which will be available five eleven of of this new year. But the most important thing that I learned is that there's one taste that's very deficient in the American diet, in the, on the American plate, so to speak, and that is the concept of bitter. So yeah. I believe that bitter is better, particularly when it comes with, to the liver. So what would be your favorite bitter foods to detox the liver and to ignite the, the digestive juices? Well, I wouldn't say I buy them often, but dandelion greens are really lovely and nutritious. And sometimes you can buy those in bundles at the grocery store. Um, you can potentially pick them, if, you know, you're in a clean place. Um, and you can do a, like a little saute with those. Um, I do like also chard, similar, you can kind of saute that. I usually do like a little garlic and amino acids. Um, I'm not a huge fan of arugula, but a lot of people are, and that's like a nice, you know, peppery, bitter green. I am, I do love bitters as a tincture too, with gentian and um, different herbs in them. And I, I do, how we have a recipe for like a little, you know, uh, non-alcoholic cocktail with using bitters. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. We, we rarely get that bitter taste in our diet. And I love watercress, which is one of the bitters and one of the most potent anti-cancer vegetables known to me. And so I love the watercress. I'm a big fan of arugula personally. I like arugula combined with fennel. I think it's a lovely combination. And the bitter fruit that I've learned, Bridget, which is so predominant in some of the diet special specialities that have gone on over the years, is actually grapefruit, which can actually help you lose weight. Mm, yeah, I, someone just gave me a box of like 12 grapefruits for Christmas. I've been eating a lot of grapefruit lately. I love the, the red grapefruit in particular, the ruby red. Oh, so delicious. Yeah. Delicious, delicious. So there's a lot to be said for bitters, bitters being better for detox and especially do-it-yourself detox. When it comes to binders, what are your favorite binders? I'm experimenting with one now, which is a nano a nano-produced type of zeolite, quite frankly, that I've heard is very good to get rid of every toxin known to man. That's my latest discovery. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of advances being made with binders, different forms of binders, and you know, ones, like you said, that can kind of absorb better, maybe get into the bloodstream better. Uh, the one that we sell is like a mix of binders, and it has uh, pectin, which can be a really great and gentle binder. It has fulvic inumic acid, which is kind of a binder and also mineralizing. Um, ours does have charcoal in it, which you probably don't want to use charcoal like day after day after day, but it's a really affordable binder. I love charcoal. I'd like to take a charcoal bath. Have you heard it being used in a bath? I think I have. I, I think I have a couple, I have a big tub of it, but I've never actually put it in a bath myself. There are places in Spokane, where, and I, I live in the Pacific Northwest, there are detox centers that give you specialized charcoal baths to kind of detox the skin. I understand it's quite an experience. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, you could probably do it as like a full body mask too. I, I adore that concept and I, and I love charcoal toothpaste. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, clay as well. There's different kinds of clay. There was one clay. I, I used to live in Oregon and there's this Oregon clay company. It's like, I think I call it a blue clay and they sell it in the tub too. And I think that one I have put in my bath. Well, clays and, and potent and potencies and p- potions is what I wanted to say. And essential oils are all kinds of things that you can bathe in. I'm a big believer also, you know, we were talking about the, col- the um, coffee enemas. I, I, I'm a big believer in colon hydrotherapy. Yeah, yeah, that can be really, as we talked about cancer, that can be a really key treatment with that potentially. And I know that there's other enemas you can do with like herb teas and stuff that I haven't done yet, but I should, I should check them out because it's interesting, like the different possibilities. One of the best enemas that I was taught many years ago by my teacher, Dr. Hazel Parcells, who lived to the ripe young age of 106, Oh. And I thought she'd be living till 120, quite frankly, Bridget. She taught us to use warm water, and she we we used um, blackstrap oh, yeah, because of the art. stickiness. <laughs> it, you you you'd be able to get everything that was on the edges of the intestines, and because of the stickiness, it would kind of pull it out, suck it out, flush it out, and it was the most successful home enema that people had ever used. So I have that information in one of my in one of my books that I wrote many years ago called Staying Young and Healthy in a Toxic World. So there's all kinds of things you can put in. You can also do garlic enemas, <clears throat> which we used to use years ago for kids that had pinworms. Oh, for parasites. Yeah, that's really interesting. I believe in, you know, I, sh- I sh- probably shouldn't say this but out of, without double checking, but I believe there's a mention in the Bible about using like a reed and a gourd or something to like cleanse the body. So these, this is techniques sound really weird in our current American culture. Um, but they're, they're, they've actually been around a really long time. And in like, I know in Europe, they're a lot more into doing suppository medicine than we are here. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, vascularized tissue, um, and then plus the colon is, yeah, just this important location of elimination. Like, why don't we go in that, in that way, so to speak, and, and treat in there? And I think people have a sense that it's like really messy or things are going to be flying every which way or they're going to be in pain. And it's really not like that, especially as you get better at doing it. So I always encourage people, like, you don't want to just flood it all in at once. You want to kind of measure how much fluid you're putting in it glid in some at a time um, and you, you do ideally want it kind of full enough that you have to do a little work to retain it and that can stimulate um, the vagus nerve um, so but if, once you're done it a lot of times like you and I like it doesn't become that hard to even retain it um, and there's some room for, you know, experimentation. Like I'm a really small person. Some of the amount of fluid they suggest to put in per round, I, I don't put in that much. Um, but I get great results from the way that I do it. So I do think if you're, you know, you're patient and, you know, you experiment, you find what works for you. I have a video on YouTube about it. Um, just kind of, it's actually my, my most watched video. So I think people are curious about how to do it. Um, and it just takes, I just tell people, just think about just doing it those first few times just to, just to figure it out. And if, you know, you hate it, then you hate it. But mostly, probably after you've done it a few times, you're going to 
see how it makes you feel better and be interested to do it again. Well, I'm a personally big believer. Years ago, I wrote a book called Guess What Came to Dinner? Parasites in Your Health. And the thing that really taught me to believe in the parasites, because I now believe that seeing is believing, was the use of first the coffee enemas and then the colon hydrotherapy. So having said that, I'm a big, big believer in cleaning out the intestines. I, I, I think that that the intestines are one of the ways that we pave the way to good health and that it's very important to be cleaned out internally. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It probably is godliness to some degree. So if I were to mention to you the top 10 detox minerals, what would they be in a lightning round to, to complete our interview? Oh, 10? <laughs> yeah. sure number one, number one you already said was magnesium. What besides magnesium? Um, think about that you know, I would I would say zinc would be number two don't you think in this day and age yeah I was thinking about that one as well you know it can be deficient in our diets as well it can be a little nauseating in the supplement so I would usually take it with food um, but yeah I think deficiency and then there's like that um, copper zinc copper kind of ratio problem that people have a lot um, I think all the trace minerals are beneficial uh, all the minerals are important because they often compete for the receptor sites of heavy metals. So, for so the that's one where iodine comes into play. So we got, we've got the uh, the magnesium. You've got your zinc. You've got the iodine. Give me some other trace minerals that my people can think about. Uh, well, I really like like chromium for sure because so many people are having blood sugar issues and it helps with that and um, I find too that toxins I think toxins are really getting in the way of our proper blood sugar management and helping helping insulin get into cells so uh, chromium is maybe one I like I like boron very much because I feel it's very deficient so you've got your boron is number five and boron is a, is a mineral, by the way, that is very good for the bones because it's an estrogenetic mineral and we don't get enough of it. And it's also debilitated and deteriorated with too much fluoride. So you've got your boron. And then I, I think we have to include vanadium. I think it's very, very overlooked. So I like chromium and vanadium. Mm. Well, we mentioned sulfur a little bit earlier. Um, this one might be more controversial, but iron is, is really important. We do blood testing for our clients and um, many of our clients, we treat mostly women, uh, are really low on their stored ferritin and they're maybe not digesting well or they don't eat red meat, but I see a lot of iron deficiency um, and this can leave you tired. It's one more reason for fatigue. So I think it's just good to have your levels checked and just kind of know your iron status and then get your B vitamins with it. We see that a lot with women that are in their that are uh, in their twenties, thirties, and forties, and when they're fifties, sixties, and seventies, they start to stockpile iron. So it's definitely something to be checked with ferritin. There's no question. So iron would be the eighth, I believe. We've got two more to go. What do you think they would? I I think silica in addition to sulfur. Oh yeah, silica is used as a detox mineral quite a bit. So that's a that's a good call. Um, and I don't totally know the mechanism, but 
I, I know that I was taking silica once, the biofill, and I was getting some major like die off kind of detox feeling. Well, it is the, it's the mineral that contraindicates that the counter, counter, counter acts would probably be the more, more appropriate word to aluminum. So you got the silica, the aluminum there, that, that, and I think, I think that sodium, to me, sodium would be the next mineral that we would talk about. I think a lot of people are actually very deficient in sodium because they're not taking enough of the right kind of salt. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's an interesting point. So yeah, using a uh, real sea salt and not sort of manufactured salt. So you've got the top 10. So you're going to be doing something called the do-it-yourself summit. Tell us a little bit about that as we complete our interview. Yeah, so it starts live February 8th, so you get some access to it right away when you sign up. There, it, I don't know when this will air, but the event will run through, I think, February 23rd, that was an encore weekend then. So I have about 35 different experts talking about either how they detox their clients or, you know, different recipes for detox. We've got someone talking about the benefits of kimchi and um, kombucha and um, Terry Wallace is on there talking about like, the, you know, her detox diet and how she, you know, recovered her health. We talk about red light therapy, sauna, a lot more about lymphatics than you and I did today. So just to kind of build your library of ideas. And I especially say when you, you know, you already think you're eating pretty well, you're exercising, you're having good habits, but some things are just still not quite right. You're tired or you're foggy or you're bloated. And often there's a detox element that's needed there. So I think it's an area many people don't know a ton about. So it's a great um, thing to just dig in, learn some new techniques, try some new techniques. And I really encourage people to just build those into your lifestyle so that it just, over time, you're talking about longevity and disease prevention. Um, yeah, making sure that you're removing toxins, you're having bowel movements, it's gonna keep you healthier for longer. What I tell everybody, Bridget, and I think this is a wonderful ending, is that detox is a daily event. It's not seasonal anymore. It's not yearly. It's a daily event. And that's where your liver and the health of your liver and, of course, your gallbladder and your bile really come into play. Yes, it's definitely daily. And, you know, some people say, well, does not my body detox on its own? It does, but it works a lot better when you assist it because there's a lot of toxins out there. And it, you know, we end up, we talked about magnesium a lot, you know, you need more nutrients to, <laughs> to handle all the toxins and support all your organs. So it's so great to just, yeah, support it every day. Well, as somebody once told me, you actually need three livers in this day and time because the body was not designed to detoxify all the assaults that are coming into it from the bacteria to the virus, to the parasites, to the mold, to the mycotoxins, heavy metals, and so forth. So let me thank you once again, Bridget Danner, for being my guest today on First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, thanks for having me on to give some people some New Year's ideas for a great year here ahead. For a new year, renewed you and more resilient you as we reemerge from this dark, dark winter. So I want to thank all my, my sponsors, especially Unikey Health Systems for sponsoring this episode of First Lady of Nutrition. They're my go-to 
supplement company for all the best anti-aging vitamins and minerals, as well as detox vitamin and mineral programs, as well as do-it-yourself health testing. So thank you, Uniki. Thank you, Bridget Danner. Thank you, all of my wonderful listeners. I love you, and we'll talk to you again in 2021. Thank you so much. Oh,